Good evening, everybody. Here we are live or semi-live, not really live, from beautiful Matawan, New Jersey, Route 34. Fans on their feet here. Episode number seven. I've got Chris behind the glass, as they say in WFAN territory, helping me out to record this thing here on CHOP Sports Network, the Jimmy Palumbo Show, episode number seven. Well, I got to tell you, I am sore today because I, um, even though I got signed by the CHOP Sports softball team, I also got signed by another team um, in Ramsey, New Jersey, the Potbellies, and they had their season opener on Sunday, so there was no warm-up. Their warm-up was going to the Knights of Columbus having a couple beers. We go down to the field, and let me tell you something, I felt very rickety. I didn't know where my glove was. I had to get my bag in the storage unit, got it out, pounding the ball. Um, it was, uh, even my ball breaking was, was not on, you know, uh, not on beer league par. You know what I mean? It was a little wind in the air. It was a little chilly. <laughs> I wasn't dressed right. I was like, I grabbed the bat. I didn't know which bat to use. Um, of course, I swung at the first pitch and got a base in over second baseman's head, but nothing felt right. I didn't feel right running the first. Um, uh, the the rest of the game, I hit a couple of choppers, uh, fielded cleanly, fired across the diamond. I was out. I played uh, right center field, which I haven't played in a while. A guy hit a home run over my head, but I was playing too far in, and the ball went over my head, but I didn't feel right going towards the ball, and the throw in was so weak. I didn't even, like, it, like, bounced four times to the cutoff, you know what I mean? Um, I just, uh, I was like, wow, man. Like uh, maybe maybe this comeback could be ill advised, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just so you know, the contract we signed is not guaranteed. Oh no! So you're no. You this better, is, you better be careful. No, listen. I know you guys have <laughs> learned a lesson. Money here. <laughs> you, you guys have learned a lesson from like those NBA ten day contracts. Yeah. You will get cut in ten day. I'm coming in to get like some minutes and get a rebound, but um, I couldn't. Uh, like I said, it was just I just wasn't. And I realized, okay, I haven't played in two years. I pulled up my car, I threw the glove on, threw the spikes on, and went out, and like within five seconds, I'm on the field. I, I can't, you know, I'm 55 years old, I can't be doing that. But we also got smoked, we're not that good. But uh, some of the, we played a younger team that was much better than us, but uh, the chief of police in town plays first base, he made a couple of nice plays. So it was, uh, it was fun to do, but it was just, man, I need a, you know what, there's some cages up by me, I might have to... But practicing for softball just feels so wrong. I think I just got to get in better shape, you know, start to <laughs> run around a little bit. Uh, but, you know, meanwhile, I've been, besides that, I've been watching some Yankee stuff, which, ah, the Yankees. Well, listen, I'm not going to be one of those Yankee fans because I think there's some Met fans in the room. And I can't, um, I can't bash the Mets, uh, uh, because uh, actually a friend of mine, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I, did I discussed this last week, a friend of mine actually got mad at me. He's a Met fan and a Cowboy fan, and he's a listener. And he started texting me. He goes, hey, dude, you got to lay off on the Cowboys and Mets. And I'm like, what did I say wrong? He goes, well, you said that you know that the Mets are, uh, the Cowboys are irrelevant. And I, I'm not going to say his name. And I said, I said, I said, dude, I said, the, the Cowboys have been irrelevant, and here's why it stinks to be a Giant fan. It's better when the Cowboys are good and then these Jersey people live in Jersey Cowboy fans and the Giant fans can go at it. But the Giants stink. 
The Cowboys stink. They haven't been to an NFC Championship game. Uh, I have nephews that are that don't remember the Cowboys ever being good. So, no, but he got mad at me. He's like, uh, seriously, he's like, I, I don't know if I want to be your friend anymore. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, I'm a Giant fan. We have to bust balls. With Cow- there would be no NFL. Why do you think the Cowboys and Giants are such rivals? Because... Kids from New Jersey root for the Cowboys, and Giant fans can't stand that. And meanwhile, the Cowboys, you know, a thousand years ago when they were good, they that's why their dads became Cowboy fans. But the Giant fans, we're just normal stink. You know what I mean? That's why I, don't, I never minded Eagle fans, because you know what? Eagle fans are all from Philly. Like, if you drive 45 minutes outside of Philadelphia, there's no more Eagle fans. Like, you know what I mean? Just, when you go to a bar, they don't have a TV set up for the Eagle game. You know what I mean? Yet there's fans from Steelers, Cowboys, that kind of thing. But um, he's actually getting mad at me, so I was like, I can't. And then mocking out the Mets, I mean, that's just, that's like, that's actually easy. So that's not fun either. But now that the Yankees kind of look like the Mets in terms of how sloppy and awful they are, and the Mets are playing really good ball, which I thought they would be good this year. They got the new ownership. Everybody feels good about themselves. Um, and then the Braves will win like 19 out of 20, and that'll be that. But, um, no, I think the Mets are going to be okay. But the Yankees, there's something about this team. I don't know what it is. It's sloppy. It's, it's, and I'm not going to go into details because, you know, the differential between when the show airs and when I record it, who cares? But there's just, it's like bad baseball and they're not hitting home runs. They're not playing good in the field. There's a lot of balls bouncing off people, and like, and even Aaron Boone looks stupid going out to the mound. And uh, outside of Cole, who the Yankees lost yesterday, but Cole pitched good enough to win. Um, but the Yankees are just—they're five and ten, man. You know, as uh, remember John Sterling. John Sterling used to say, "You know, you can't win it in April, but you can lose it," which is a great line. You know, there was one year when <laughs> I got that from. There was one year. Uh, it was like May, it was like May 3rd, and John Sterling was like, you know what, Susan, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays are 19 games out. It's May 3rd. Someone, either the Red Sox or Yankees must have been on a roll that year, and the, and the Rays weren't. He goes, you know, you can't win it in April, but you can lose it, and I don't think the Rays are going to win this division, and I always laughed at that, but at this point, though, um, you know, the Yankees, uh, I think they'll turn it around a little bit, but you know what? Sometimes in baseball, you just have a bad year. And maybe they got to do that to clean house a little bit and start all over. I'm not so sure. But uh, the Yankees are the Yankees, and they shall return. So um, this is my segment um, when I discuss a booking, and it's going to be a little different this year. And, of course, when we do a, a segment when I discuss one of my bookings over the years, we know who the sponsor is. That's right. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Now, they are a full-service optical eyewear place because they're called Absolute Eyewear. So you need glasses, you go there. That's how it works, okay? It's family-owned. You got Craig and Johnine Michaud, brother and sister team. It's a family-owned business, okay? Uh, they got full-service optical, prescription eyewear, sunglasses, non-prescription sunglasses, safety glasses, sport glasses, motorcycle, whatever you need. They got contacts. They do eye exams. Um, they got, and I got to do Bob Shepard here, Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Cause, Vogue, Maui Jim sunglasses, and Costa Del Mar sunglasses. So 
the, the only reason why they're sponsoring the show is that uh, Johnny and Craig get to listen to me do Bob Shepard with the glasses they have. I think that's worth the price right there. They got glasses for every kind of budget. You want the high-end stuff, they got it. You want to be like me, get the low-end stuff, they got it. They got discounts for the old people, AAA, AARP, all that, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. They also have a, a special going on, $100 off, a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses when you mention this podcast, The Jimmy Palumbo Show. Remember, it's got to be a complete pair, which is fine, and that includes frame and lenses and all that stuff. But I added something to it. You got to bring in a little picture of me from the internet so we can put it on your wall just to annoy Craig. Um, they've been in business for like 16 years. They're uh, closed on Sunday and Wednesday. Why are they closed on Sunday? Because that's when we played softball on Sunday. So that's it. But they're great people. I'm telling you, call them up. They even they walk you through everything. They're fun. They're nice. They, you don't you don't feel like a jerk off when you're in there. Uh, their number seven three two three two six three nine three seven. Absolute eyewear. I wonder when they opened up their business if they thought there'd be a podcast spot where someone says they don't make you feel like a jerk off when you're in there. <laughs> but how many times, right or wrong? How many times you got to a store and even though you still do business with them, you walk out of there and say that guy made me feel like a jerk off. I know, <laughs> and you, but yet you still you still oh, did the you. transaction, and you don't feel good about yourself. Complete opposite, Craig and Johnine, absolute eyewear. I make you feel good, and uh, they're good. They're good looking people. That's another thing. They look good in their glasses. They know what they're doing. All right, so now this is going to be a very special segment of uh, um, my bookings segment, and uh, that's because I'm a little pissed off about this one. And it's been really bothering me for a long time. It's a booking that took place 18 years ago. And it, it's, it's, I, I don't want to say I was fired because I wasn't officially fired. I just wasn't brought back. And there's reasons for that. And I was, I was on the fence about talking about this because I don't want to bash anybody without, number one, they can't defend themselves. But I'm putting it out there in the podcast world. If, if the person I'm going to talk about or the show, anybody knows anything, call me up. I will, mea culpa, I will totally be like, oh my God, I didn't know that. But I, I'm curious because at the end of the day, it, it cost me around $50,000. And I'm not making that up because I did three of the first six episodes that I wasn't brought back and they, they shot like 24 of them. So if I did three every six, that's would have been like 50 grand. Um, and residuals to this day. The name of the show was called It's All Relative. And it aired on ABC. And the role was the role of a lifetime. As a matter of fact, my, I had a punchline that aired in the promo all summer long. I played um, a guy at the end of the bar, um, Tony, and uh, with another guy at the end of the bar called Jack. So we were like kind of like Norm and Cheers. And I had a punchline where I slammed the bar they were talking about something weird, and I just slammed the bar, and I yell out, I blame Clinton, one of those things. Um, the star of the show is Lenny Clark, and I guess I hate to, I hate to bash Lenny because I loved him up until the point. So here's what happened. So, again, maybe this is me being uh, cocky here. I don't know. This was a great gig for me. I'm playing a guy at the edge of the bar, six lines a week, and I was making like six, seven grand a week, and... They wrote funny lines for me and this guy. The other actor was named Dennis Cockrum. Great guy, really good actor, character actor for 100 years, been in a ton of stuff, a real professional. And um, 
I had been in the league, I guess, like uh, 12, 13 years. So I was like, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a rookie, but I wasn't, you know, um, I guess it was, it was after beer league, I guess. But um, uh, no, it was before beer league, right before beer league. So what, what happened was we, we shot the pilot. Then they reshot the pilot. They fired the, one of the girls in the show. I should have known right away that, that could be an issue. And I felt bad for her. I thought she was pretty good, but I don't know the reason why she got fired. Who knows? So when they reshot the pilot, I got another paycheck. I was like, oh, cool. And I made the reshot, which was cool. So we shot the pilot. That went well. I, it, the place was 10 minutes from my house. Um, it was like a very cool booking to do. You show up. It was a big ABC show. So the money was there. It was going to air, blah, blah, blah. And it had tons of cool stars. And it had uh, Lenny Clark was the uh, was the, the lead guy. His wife in it was Maggie Lawson. Reed Scott was in it. John Benjamin Hickey. Um, and tons of other people. Uh, Mag, you know, Maggie Lawson. Maggie Lawson was the, was the blonde in it. She was beautiful. And she was sweet. I was like too nervous. You know when someone's too hot to even flirt with on a show? I was like, that girl's just beautiful. You know, I suck. I'm just going to stare at her. So uh, the... Uh, uh, but she was pretty. What can I tell you? know, th- and actually, the guy was good looking too. Um, <laughs> not that I was staring at him, but there's nothing worse. Like, like oh God, everybody's good looking, except for like me and Lenny Clark. But I thought I did good in the pilot, and every every you know at the meetings, all rehearsals, I end up doing episode the first, the pilot. Then I did episode one. I'm pretty good at knowing if like people are liking what you're doing and. I was getting a lot of Jimmy, you're great. Jimmy, you're great. Hey, you and you and Dennis are great. Little, you're the two guys at the end of the bar. There's a lot we could do there. Writers were being friendly to me. Executive producers, network, the suits were all being. I could tell if someone looks at you like it, they think you suck. So I'm not saying I was batting 345, but I was definitely batting like 280. You know what I mean? Turned a couple of nice double plays at second. You know what I mean? Fired across the diamond. And, um, me and the guy Dennis got along, but more importantly, me and Lenny Clark, we were totally getting along. I was telling him a couple of funny stories about my father meeting Bill Gates, which I will talk about next week. And um, and, and he, I had him laughing. We we he just was a nice guy, Boston guy. You know, I busted his balls, Red Sox stuff. This was before the uh, Red Sox beat the Yanks, right before, dangerously close, a uh, year before actually, and. Uh, He's also a big Patriot fan. I had to deal with that. But we hit it off. He's a much, you know, a renowned comic, been in the league a long time. And we hit it off, so I know it wasn't anything. But in episode six, so I did a pilot episode, like, I did episode one, two, and six, I guess is what I did. Um, we, me and Dennis had a lot to do in this episode. We were, like, featured in it a little bit. And um, I remember at the second rehearsal, I felt great. And I... Very rarely, you know, Jimmy, like, you're, you're really, you know, you're nailing this, you know, that this could lead to something else. If this show becomes a hit, maybe you can get parts on other ABC stuff, and, you know, you build relationships here. It was a big deal for me, no doubt about it. So in the morning after the one rehearsal, Wednesday morning, uh, no, it was actually Friday, the day of the taping, the Thursday rehearsal, I thought I played well, so did Dennis. All systems go, no big deal. So I walk in, and this woman comes up to me, Probably the assistant, the assistant to, I don't know if she was the assistant producer. I'm not even know. I don't even know her name. If she's listening, she, she can contact me. She comes up to us and she goes, hey, guys, I just want to tell you. And I thought she was going to say, you guys are really doing an awesome job. You're, you're like, you're, you're a key part of the show. That's how confident I was. 
Okay. I feel like, you know, right before, right before the bomb goes off, Jimmy's confident. Uh, she goes, but what happened yesterday was the uh, most very unprofessional of you both. And she goes on and on about how unprofessional we were, how we weren't, we weren't being fair. You know, you guys got to learn to, to you know, just act. She kept on saying professional. Now I'm like, I became a five-year-old. I was like, but like, mommy, what did I do? What did I do? The other guy, Dennis Cockrum, he started to be like a fire was coming out of his ears. Like somebody was calling him unprofessional. But the funny thing about me is I always feel unprofessional. Like I didn't, I didn't go to school for this. I'm the guy who just grabs the bat, slaps a base hit, and that's it. I, I'm, I'm not in the cages every day, you know. So I was like, I turned beet red. I was like, oh, my God. So we had to shoot the episode in 10 minutes. And she said, she kept on using Lenny's name. Like, it wasn't fair to Lenny. It wasn't fair to Lenny. And I'm thinking to myself, what did I say? What did I do? So we go outside for a second. And Dennis was beside himself. Nobody calls me unprofessional. I've been doing this for 35 years. Um, he was just going on and on. Like, uh, this is totally wrong. He was like calling his agent. And like, uh, I was like, dude, dude, hang on, hang on. I just want to know what we said. He was like, oh, we didn't say anything. This is nonsense. So it kind of looked as if, Lenny Clark had bashed us. Now, the only thing I could think of what happened was Lenny used to, Lenny had, um, listen, Lenny was carrying the show and it's hard to carry a sitcom. And I remember saying that during the pilot in the second episode, like, wow, like he's got a lot of work to do, a lot of lines. They change lines. It's a lot of work. And I remember going like, wow, someday if I have my own show, not like this podcast, if I have my own sitcom, it's a lot of work. You got to be focused and all that stuff. And I remember inside, honest to God, this is no revisionist history. I was like, I was actually impressed by him. I thought, he's not like an actor, actor, you know what I mean? He's a comic. And um, so he, either he was having trouble learning his lines, and he had a crazy system of putting lines on cardboard underneath the bar so he could see them quickly during cuts uh, to, to go over his lines. And I remember being like, oh, I would so do that. My script will always be nearby. That way you stay sharp, you know? And Dennis was busting his chops a little bit, like, oh, should you use a bigger font? Or how, you know, he was mocking him out a little bit with the lines, but like light action, ball breaking, light action. Nothing that I even thought of. It wasn't until weeks later I was trying to put it together. And somehow, um, Lenny uh, either got upset at us and he went and told somebody, I don't know, but we were never, we didn't, that was episode six. There was 18 more to go. We were never used again. And the only reason why I know this is because a friend of mine who remained nameless, not fair to bring her into this, she was like an acting coach, and she was looking to get on a sitcom where she could work with everybody. Sometimes kids need help, blah, blah, blah. And she's the best acting coach in, in L.A. So those of you scoring at home will know who this is. She had asked me about probably right around the time episode eight was shooting, and, uh, hey, Jimmy, you know, any way you can get me in? I was like, I don't know, okay, I haven't been used. Uh, I, I just gave her name away. I don't know, I haven't been used in a while. I don't know what's going on. She ended up having a meeting, and she called me up right away, and she goes, hey, Jimmy, I was talking to somebody, and um, I mentioned your names. I figured you were recurring on the show. And she said, oh, he's never going to be used again. And so when she told me that, I was like, oh, my God. So I called up Dennis. He's like, no, no, it will be used again. I'm like, dude, whatever we did on the set that day pissed off the wrong guy, and we're not going to be used. And we never were used again. Now, the show got canned after that. But I never was able to find out. Because then I started thinking, how bad is that? 
Lenny was probably making 50 grand a week. I'm making two or whatever, five grand a week, whatever it was at the time. And he's the lead of an ABC sitcom. And he's busting balls with the two Dramokes that have like five lines. If some episodes we were just in the background. Um, how unfair is that? And I never, I did rescue me with him. I saw him once for a split second. I said, hi, Lenny. He said hello to me. Um, but I never, uh, never was able to clear it with like, what did you say or what did we do? Because if I said something, so, but on that last day, I went up to him. I said, hey, Lenny, I just got told uh, we were unprofessional. I said, hey, man, if I said something, you know, we were ball breaking for six months. And if I went over the top on something, hey, man, I didn't mean, I love you, man. I think you're doing a great job. I think the show is great. And like, hey, I, I love this job. And for a character actor to do three lines a week on a sitcom, that's gold, you know. Uh, and he kind of said, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And then I knew right away, no, it was definitely, he was aggravated. And then he said something to the effect, well, I told the network these guys were okay. And I'm thinking, I walked away thinking, told the network? Like, so like, this is real. Like, obviously, I'm not going to be used again, you know what I mean? Um, I'll never know to this day, it was 18 years ago, what did I do or what did Dennis do and I got lumped in with him, which is even worse. Now I'm mad at Dennis and Lenny Clark. Uh, and I'm not trying to cause a controversy with me and Lenny Clark. Although, if he does call up the show or sends me a text, I will definitely say, all you got to do is answer the question. You tell me what happened, and I'll go on the air with you live, and you could rip me a new butt at telling me why I got fired from uh, a not popular sitcom, but it cost me $50,000 if you add up what I was making per week. Uh, and also relationships with ABC, it cost me a lot. And I never was told what exactly I said. Now, maybe I said something off camera, got picked up by the mics, that got taken the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know. But if I did, I'll say, I'll be the first one to go, absolutely perfect reason to fire me. I called someone a jerk off I shouldn't have, and I got fired. But I've been calling the producers here on this show a jerk off for six weeks, and I haven't gotten fired yet. So they actually look at it as a compliment. When I'm not calling you a jerk off is when you got to be worried. But uh, yeah, so that's it. That's Jimmy Palumbo booking. It's all relative. Three episodes back in 2003, and I was unceremoniously let go. And that is that. Now, coming up, we have a very special guest coming up. His name is Pat Volkmer. You don't know who he is. Don't even try to Google him. Or maybe you can Google him. But you'll just get like his like mother and father's name or something. But uh, he has the uncanny ability to get the Oscar pool right by picking like 22 out of 24 every year. He's a good buddy of mine. I've been trying, I've been begging him to do a movie review blog because his reviews are intense and he gets all those bad categories right. It's Oscar season. He's coming on my show. He's going to be on in just a minute and we're going to go over the Oscar picks, but I'm going to pick him too. And if I beat him, the rule is that if I beat him, um, that he has to never fill out another Oscar pool again. But he's really good at it, let me tell you. All right, we got Patty Volkmer coming up. Hey, guys, this is Sturge from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 
315-519-5913 and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell them Chop Sports sent you. All right, everybody. So good to be back. Now, I have a guest today that is a very special guest because uh, the best thing about it is no one knows who this guy is. Okay. He, he's, uh, he's a buddy of mine in Los Angeles and he works in post-production and stuff like that. But, um, he, he, he's just a guy who is very intense about movies. Like when you're, if you're sitting at the bar and you're talking to him about a movie, he gets like so into it. It makes your skin crawl sometimes, especially if you don't agree with the movie. Like he's a big fan of that movie Memento. And I find that one of the worst movies of all time because the movie makes no sense. It, 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 it's like this jambalaya of, it's like they took all the scenes, put it into a blender and like it, it no, anybody who says they get that movie, I, I know they're lying. Of course, Pat thinks it's like cinematic brilliance. And I, I thought I sat on the remote and hit reverse while I watched it. So, I mean, the movie is just clearly awful. But Pat, of course, would, would tell me scene by scene why this is the greatest movie of all time, you know. So we ended up, uh, every year when I lived in Los Angeles, uh, my good buddy Todd and his wife Dana had a, an Oscar party, okay? Now, you got to remember, I've been an actor for a long time, but like, I haven't come close to an Oscar, obviously. Although some people think my performance in Beer League should have got a nomination. But uh, the uh, I'm kidding about that, those of you scoring at home. But they had this party, and this guy Todd would be like, hey guys, you and your football, BS, blah, blah, blah. Oscar Day, that's my Super Bowl. He would put a red carpet down his driveway. He would have... Posters of all the movies nominated, even those categories that you don't care about. And um, he would completely, uh, 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 he had an actual Oscar sitting on top of the television. But he set it up beautiful because he, he knew he had like asshole people come. And me and Pat were, were uh, my, my next guest, were one of them. He would have a TV in the living room. And that was for the serious people that are watching the Oscars so on and so forth. Then he had a TV in the backyard with the cable running through the house for all the drunks and the goofballs who were more worried about drinking and partying. And I was part of that group. Yeah. Pat would go back and forth when, like, he'd get excited by, you know, a category for best editing or something. He'd get excited and run into the other room. But for the most part, we were outside. But it was the first time I ever went to a party where they had the... Uh, and I don't remember it being that popular, but at the time, I thought it was new. Maybe it wasn't. He had like an Oscar pool where all 24 categories were on a piece of paper. You had a circle of the winners. I think it was like a $20 or $50 in, something like that. And they broke it down, um, and there was a, usually a winner. Of course, I got like three right. Okay, that's how awful I was. Because I just filled it out like like my father would fill out like, you know, an order thing at the bakery on Sunday morning. A couple rolls, a little bacon, whatever. Give me get out of here. But then there was guys like my buddy Pat Volkmer coming on who would fill it out like they took he weeks and weeks and try to figure it out and, and read up on it. Even just like before the internet, he would just go make sure he watched everything. And I still thought he was a jerk off, but he would get like 22 out of 24 right. It got to the point where we'd go to this party every year. People started to like hate Pat. And my favorite thing was he filled out two sheets one time, which I thought was sacrilegious. If you're that good, you get one. That's like Michael Jordan now. You're giving him four free throws. You get one shot to win the game. So we ended up doing that. But then the best was, the, the I think, one of the last years I was there. Pat was at the party, but we banned him from the competition. And then, like, people had a chance to win. So I decided, after giggling with him last week, 
I decided, you know what, Pat? I'm going to have you on my show because it's my show, and I get to do what I want. And it is Oscar season. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo Show, Episode 7 here, getting involved, Mr. Pat Volkemer. Pat, how you doing, bud? I'm doing incredible. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. What's up, man? I know you're giggling at my explanation of the, the Todd and Dana parties, but, I mean, it was me, you... Uh, Johnny Kelly, Kendra, Joe Top, Eddie Driscoll, Mike Fury. Um, it was such a fun crowd, man. Um, I really, my, I, I've told Todd many times, like, I get sad on Oscar night because in New Jersey, like, you know, if there's a Nick game on, people are watching the Nick game, they're not watching the Oscars. And now, of course, nobody watches um, award shows, but there's other reasons for that. But um, those parties to me were, like, really a fond memory of L.A. So I decided to have you on because, and we're going to get right to it, you do have the amazing ability to get all these picks right, right? Well, I'm pretty good at it. Um, pretty good at like, it. I'm so amazed. I have this avenue now to actually show my useless knowledge that yes. nobody gives a shit about. Okay, like, well, we do. It? We do here at yeah. the Jimmy Palumbo Show. So let's yeah. <coughs> let's. Oh, excuse me, I'm coughing here. Let's get started. We'll get right at. I'm going to start at the bottom of my sheet. Now I made picks. Just to know, I'm proving here in front of the. My uh, crack house crew here. I already made the picks. Now you do realize if I somehow beat you, then you can't. You're not allowed to fill out a sheet for the rest of your life. Fair enough. That's yeah. I mean, you have to take. You have to. It's my show. You take the bet and shut your mouth. All right, here we go, Patty. All right, Patty. Short film animated. Who you got? Okay. Well, it's it's one of those things. This year, I didn't really see. Uh, every, I did see pretty much everything. Um, everybody seems to have, uh, if anything happens to you, okay. I love you, something right. like that. Okay. So a lot of, there seems to be a lot of support behind that one. So a lot of times that's what it, I'll kind of feel that. And I do have some friends that will actually go see the shorts. We will go like right around the block from our uh, apartment here out here in L.A. They do actually show the shorts. Okay. So, okay. so we get a couple of cocktails and we actually go watch all the Oscar nominated that's a, that's a, that's, so that's kind of fun, fun and a little obnoxious because the Knicks are good yeah. now. Okay, so um, if anything happens, I love you. Well, guess what? I chose the same one. Now, we're going to yeah. short film live action. Now, keep in mind, people, these bad ones at the bottom of the list, this is how you win the tournament because you got to yes. get the ones that nobody sees right. So short film live action, what do you got? Okay, so this is interesting because this year my wife and our friends went to see these. I didn't actually go. So you're so going I'm through your wife here. So I was feeling a little ill. So um, this is my wife's pick. So um, so the one that she seemed to, she said was pretty, like it was a little politically driven, but it was very powerful, okay. was Two Distant Strangers. Okay, so that's uh, what you're going with, Two Distant but, Strangers. Well, I don't know. Because right. she said there was another one called Feeling Through. Okay. Which was uh, also about... Uh, uh, a blind uh, man and something. She said it was really touching, but she thinks that, you know, it's a politically driven kind of year. She thinks. So, the, so Pat, are you going to go with your wife or are you going to go with your gut? Come on now. I don't know. You got but two I seconds. Am, uh, Cause we got 24 of these two so distant let's strangers. Let's put it in two distant strangers. Okay. I went with feeling through. <laughs> That's one way. I can are you them. kidding me? Okay. Here we go. Documentary short subject. Okay. That this one, so again, okay, these are the ones that nobody sees. I know, I'm trying to be, I know you want me to go fast on these, but these are the ones that, like you just said, what, that's how you win pools. But do, I used to count 
the pool money as part of my income every year. Yes, I know, because you made so like I 10 grand a year doing this. The bottom line, first of all, Pat, do you have the sheet in front of you? Yeah. Okay. For these bad okay. categories of the films nobody watches, you just just let me know exactly what you got. So, okay. documentary short subject, go. Okay. The two that I'm thinking, it's either a love song from Natasha, Latasha or Concerto is a Conversation. Okay. Your pick I'm is? With a concerto is a conversation. Okay, same pick as me. There you go. We're moving on. Uh, Visual effects. What do you got? This is a lock. This is one of the ones. Uh, if you if you saw the film Tenant this year, it's absolutely mind blowing. That's and, it. Uh, yeah, Christopher Nolan usually doesn't okay. use a lot of visual effects. He okay. likes to shoot like real. It turns stuff. out that's my pick as well. As of right now, you are you are in the fight of your. This is like a bad Rocky film. Okay? My life. <laughs> okay. I know I can I can get beat. Okay, film editing. Okay, this is a tough one. Film editing a lot of a lot of time. In the, you know the old past, it always used to go to best picture. Whatever you thought was going to win best picture was usually the bet for that. Um, so what do you got? And you know this is the one too where I study like the guild. What wins like the editors guild and stuff film like editing that. Oscar Pat? What is it? Wait, can you say yours first? No, you got to say yours. No, you you go first. Mine is already filled out. Pat, listen, we're losing listeners by the second when you're when you're like harboring over a film. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the trial of Chicago Seven. Wow. Okay, I went with No Man. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people would pick No Man. So the thing is, editing usually goes to Best Picture, but I think the trends don't don't say anything. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Production design. This is a lock. I think it's not even close. I think it's one of the best films of the year. A lot of the critics kind of backed away from it. Mank, for okay. sure. Okay, turns out that's the same thing as me. I got him going <laughs> now, bro. I got him going. All right, here we go. Now we're going to get to some that are a little bit more well-known. Cinematography. Okay, now this is a tough one because this looked like it was going to be Nomadland easily, but... Mank won the guild the other night. Okay. There seems to be some technical support for the film. But I think Nomadland, you know, it's one of those movies. It just was all over the place. Great cinematography. I'm going to go with Nomadland. All right. Turns out I'm in the same boat. You know what? I should just interview myself and get rid of Pat at this point. Okay. <laughs> a lot co- of people are picking Mank, though. A lot of people are uh, going to yes, pick Mank. Yes, I yeah. that. Okay. Costume design. I think this is an easy one, too. Um, 1920 Chicago. They did an incredible job. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. I have Emma. Okay. That's a good pick because they usually go with those. Ah, Columbo with a base hit. I got. If no, I, I mean, you that, could, that, that could be a difference. You know what? If I, if I beat you, if I beat you in the Oscar pool this year, and I'm not there. But you know, Ma Rainey's. They talk about the shoes and all that shit. You know, I think that's kind of like a Ma Rainey's one. I that movie think it's was another stay. another overrated movie. All right, makeup and hairstyling. Once again, Viola Davis. Now, Hillbilly Elegy, you know, like Glenn Close looks pretty ridiculously ugly and old and what's well, mean. I shouldn't say ugly and old. But uh, Viola Davis, just the minute she comes on the screen, okay. she's so just you're so going with noble. Ma Rainey. So I'm going to go Ma Rainey there as well. Okay, so did I. There you go. Yeah, tough. I'm making it tough on Pat right now. I'm squeezing him a little bit. I feel like I'm doing that early zone, like temple defense in the tournament. It's just about a time for he figures it out. I lose by 12. Okay, <laughs> sound, sound. That's not even close either. Watching, you know, the what sound of metal degradation right, to somebody's ears, just like yeah, yeah sound, sound of metal. metal. That's that's a, I think that's pretty much a lock as well. Yes, uh, for sound, yes, as a movie as a whole, 
That's eighth on a team that's eight games out. All right. But original song. That was great. Paul Rossi. He was amazing in he that was. movie. He was good. He was good. Yeah. Original song. You know, these are those categories. I this is how you I win think. it, though. Who do you, you got? You got come on, move it. I think it's a very heavy year. Believe it or not, I think Will Ferrell, like, that freaking Eurovision movie. Okay, so you're, you're going to go with Husevic? Husevic. Okay, so you're going with Husevic. Yeah. I went, I went with the movie that now. really has to do with music, One Night in Miami. Yeah, speak now. But okay. I just feel like there's got to be a couple. Well, that's why you're Pat Volkmer from Los Angeles, yeah. and you're uh, uh, my friend and on my show now, making these oh, picks. No. Okay, it's... original score. Um, that seems like that should be kind of a slam dunk. Okay, original Listen, score. Let, a lot of times. Let, let me let me explain something to you again. Okay, Pat. <laughs> these are the categories nobody knows, and what my 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 production crew asked for a nap. I said, "Well, I'll give it to them in the beginning of the Pat segment." Okay, because- so. So, the, 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 so the I got that one too. I got that one too. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Goes to a farm here we go now. Now it's so. international feature film. What do you got? That's a lock, and I think it's one of the best. My, it was actually my favorite film of the year. Not like boating it. Another round. Okay. Uh, the one with Mads Mikkelsen. Turns Fucking out, incredible movie. Turns out that I thought it was going to win it too. All right. Here we go. Documentary feature. You know, this is a good one because I watched Time, which is the one that's supposed to be up against my octopus teacher. But I will tell you something. Everybody that has seen my octopus teacher has been blown away. That is easily the best documentary of the year. And I I hope it wins. Okay. Okay. So that should win. Turns out. I picked the same one, bro. Oh, I love it. This is this is like this is gonna be like a good tournament. Okay. (coughs) Here we go. Now, animated feature. That's just move on. Like that soul. soul. Okay. Soul is. It, yeah. it's fact, most let's move on. You know why? Because we both made the same pick. I, he can't move. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know what I mean. I feel like a young, a young like Charles Barkley in the middle. Of well, we got like around me. We got uh, like three different. So adapted screenplay. Now, now these, these are the ones that I never win. This is a got? tough one. I want to know the choices you are. You know, we should probably rattle off the choices now that we're into the category. I want to know what you that got. People in Iowa. Uh, the choices are. Borat, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, White Tiger. What do you got? Yeah, this is just, this is another one. The Father is making a really late run because it's a really great screenplay. Dads always do. And, but the thing is, it's hard to go against Nomadland on this one. Nomadland, is that you? I'm not going to. I'm just going to have to go because I can't do two ballads. (laughs) If I had two ballots, would you make fun of? No, you can't do that. That ruins the whole. That's no. like saying I, I I played the lottery, but I bought nine million tickets. No, no. You know what it is? I saw a Battle of the Sexes recently. You ever see the scene where Steve Carell goes into the Gamblers Anonymous meeting and he says, "You're all just bad fucking gamblers. You need an edge." No, and there's no well, edge. That's my edge usually. Okay, so what do you um, got? What's your I, no Madeline. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I think it's gonna be all a big right. night for No Madeline. No Madeline. So okay. What did you have? Yeah, no Madland. There we go. I got a beat. It's, you know, you know the announcer saying, and Jordan, Jordan has thirty-five, but Jimmy Plummer with thirty-one here with six minutes remaining. Fans are on their feet. Okay, uh, original screenplay. This, this is, is where one. you got to win the game. Now, come on. Yeah, I'm telling you. No, this is this is tough because trial. A lot of people, but the thing for me is trial. Chicago Seven. What's his name? Has won before. Aaron Sorkin. So 
I think a lot of people want to get behind Promising Young Woman. And I will say this, Promising Young Woman is a great movie. It uh-huh. really is an excellent film. What's your, what's so your pick? Promising young, I'm going to go Promising Young Woman here. I think they're going to put Sorkin to the side. This is tough or bad because Palumbo with the same. I think that was the most, again, I think of original screenplay. I think of the stuff that like, what movie is just like out there? Like, like you're like, what is, what is, what is that all about? You know what I mean? And I think Promising Young Woman... Uh, I had no, 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 it was told in real time. I believe movies should be like, a movie should be like in the year nine, if you're sitting around a campfire telling a story, that's how (laughs) movies should be. But if you got to go back and there's like seven different fires and you're going back to 2005, it's awful. Anyway, I went with Promising Young Woman, so we have a lot of the same picks here. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay, now we're getting into, um, um, and the choices for original screenplay were, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7. I thought Minari was overrated. Anyway. That could be the surprise, though. Uh, no, it will not win that. Okay, actor in a supporting role. The, the choices are Sasha Barra Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, and Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul, I'm blowing the names here, Paul Racy, Racy. Yeah, receive or receive. Okay, yeah. uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Those are the choices. What do you got? I mean, it's definitely the most powerful performance of the year. Daniel K. Lewis. He's, okay. he's going to just run away with it. It turns out Palumbo is matching toe for toe with the senior guard at a Waynesboro, <laughs> Virginia. All right, next one. Actress in a supporting role. Maria Bakalova. Um, uh, uh, in subsequent movie, Borat. Glenn Close from the Hillbilly movie, Olivia Coleman, the father, Amanda, uh, Seafried, how do you say her name? I don't even know. Mank. Like and uh, Yu, Yu Zhang Yoon Minari. What do you got? Yu Zhang Yoon Minari. Once again, another one of those late kind of pushes. And she's fantastic in that movie. Okay. Everybody's rooting for her. Okay. So that's an obvious lock there. Right. Now this, is, this is where Palumbo, what a, what, a, what, a, what a play I just called here. Bashing Minari as a film the whole time, knowing full well Pat was going to go with that one. And what do I do? I take the same one. He fell for the back door. Palumbo going with <laughs> Yu Zhang Yoon. Oh, my God. I'm so getting involved here. Um, okay, actor in a leading role. Um, and, I'm, and first of all, I apologize to all these wonderful actors if I screw up their name. I barely know how to say my name. Um, they are um, Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, and Stephen Yoon. Yeah, what Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I will say, Anthony Hopkins, I saw The Father late. What an, I think my best performance of his entire career. But I... Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I thought Anthony Hopkins was great as well. I think this is a very tough category because you could put Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. He was good in that. I think this. it always seems like these actor and actress ones are really tight. Um, I just think, you know what? Chadwick Boseman, he passed away. He's tremendous body of work. Um, and he is good in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, even though I think the movie as a whole is just okay. So I also went with Chadwick Boseman, and Pat just yeah. can't get any room around me right now. At this point, is eight seconds ago. All right, actress in a leading role: Viola Davis, is- um, Andrea, uh, Andre Day, Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, or Carrie Mulligan in *Promising Young Woman*. This is the toughest. This this is like the tiebreaker category, I yeah, think, yeah, on a lot I of agree. hospitals. I agree. Because Viola Davis getting the SAG very late. Yeah. That the SAG award is huge because the SAG, that's the largest branch of the Academy. They have the most voters. So they, you know, this is really tough. 
Um, and uh, can we do that last? No, we're doing the best picture list. Oh, okay. man. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Look my at him. Guy pa- that was a panic move right there, wasn't it? Can yeah, we do this no. one last? You are rattled on the bench right now. The coaches are I'm surrounding rattled, you. I'm rattled, dude. I have to admit. Uh, and Pat Volkerman wants to talk it over here as Palumbo I do want to talk about it. Really, you know who? I'm going to go for, I think there's going to be a late, okay. late push here. Who is it? Kind of like Halle Berry when she beat Sissy Spacek. This, uh, no, not Annette Benning. She beat Annette Benning. I'm going to go with Carrie Mulligan here. Uh, I think, And it turns out Palumbo is just equaling Pat with these picks. Okay. What are you talking about? You, you didn't take my old Davis? No, I went with Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you, you can't get around me at this point. All right. Uh, here we go. Directing. Around you. Jeez. Directing. Listen. No, all, it's a lot. It's a lot. What do you got? Chloe's out. You have the gnome headland. Yeah, uh, I, I felt the same way. So you got no game on me, bro. You're going to win this with the short film, live action stuff. All right. What, best picture. What do you got? Best picture. I I thought Judah and the Black Messiah was going to make a late run. I actually think it's better. It's one of the best things I saw this year. I was really kind of blown away by that movie. But I think um, try, it's Nomadland. I, I, you I love your- Nomadland. Do I think it's the best? Another round is my favorite movie of the year. But uh, I think Nomadland, it's kind of just got that momentum. You just is that your pick? Yes, sir. I'm going to go with Nomadland. Okay. And guess what? I did not go with Nomadland. Ah! I went with The Trial of Chicago 7. And here's why. Number one, it was one of those subject matters. When I, I think people, everybody heard of The Trial of Chicago 7. You heard of that phrase? But no one really knows. what it, I was one of those who was like, what was that really all about? Something with the 68 convention, everybody yelling and screaming. Uh, it also has like a stud cast. So I went with that one, Trial of Chicago 7. Okay, so I can get beat there. I'm going to give you a little history here. You're going to lose because do you have the trial of Chicago seven for anything else? When was the last time you saw a poster winner of one Academy listen, Award? Well, listen, Pat, that may not happen, buddy. Uh, it's happened in history, but that like grand hotel, like Clark. There Gable you crap. go. And then, oh, what grand hotel getting involved. Yes. And it counts. Trial of Chicago 7 off his back I'm going to get you there. You're Trial probably going to get me there. Trial of Chicago 7 yeah. is not yeah. going to win Best Picture. Um, I mean, it's a great movie, but... It, uh, you know what it is? I filled out the form an hour. <laughs> an hour ago. So we have four opposite picks. So that's where the game's going to be. You know what that means? I'm going to lose by four. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> so now, now, that we're, now that we're done doing our picks, um, let's uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, Mr. Pat Volkmer. What is that supposed to mean? Well, what, tell me where you're from. Where you're from? Where do you work? What, what's uh, no, going I'm on? I'm an Oscar picker. I'm originally from Long Island. Okay. Uh, I'm from Levittown. All right. And I moved out here a long time ago to be an actor and a writer. We see how that turned out. <laughs> and uh, now you work in a production house, right? Yeah, I work in post production for okay. probably twenty some years now. We we uh, we won't tell which one because you're probably supposed to be at work right now and you're doing the Jimmy Palumbo show. That would be great yeah. if I got somebody fired. Pat Volkmer fired from his job because he was doing the Jimmy Palumbo show. That would be so great. Yeah. And he won the pool. So listen, what what gives you now? I know. Listen, you 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 were an actor a hundred years ago. You did write a screenplay, which I read and I thought it was very good. And um, what 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 turned you on to this picking these Oscar ballots? We didn't have enough time to go through each one, but you always have a. a, a what's your point of view? Well, like, I, tell me a little bit about how, how you pick these things. I always kind of like movies and they were just always very connected to them. And then I would always like to see, like when you do the Oscars, what it does is it kind of breaks it down for you, whether they're right or not. 
you got like five movies. So a lot of times they're like time capsules for me. Kind of right. reminds me of what I was doing back in the eighties. And I liked, I like to see a lot of times what I'll do is I'll use the Oscars as kind of like what won best picture a certain year, but then I also look at what was nominated. So a lot of times you could just get, I, I just love film and, you know, and right. I just, Kind of helps me go back and find all the great stuff. All the well, you're gym. you're you're always very intent. I mean, I remember at these Oscar party we used, we used to go to over at Todd's house. Um, there would be like beautiful women there, and Pat was single at the time. And he'd be like, "Like Pat, uh, stop talking about best animation, and and will you please talk to that girl over there?" He'd be like, "No, Jimmy, visual effects, you got it all wrong." <laughs> like Pat, I wanted the cares. money. He wanted the money, and the, and then I, of course I put a stop to that because he wanted every year, and I couldn't believe. I think one year I swear to God I got six right. I was like, did I fill this out drunk? What was I even thinking? It was just, uh, but yes, I know I went with trial of the Chicago seven. That's probably going to lose, but I figured I had to do something. Um, you know, that was, uh, the yeah, upset, that's lose. but it was, it was, it was a good fun movie. Um, I thought Minari was a little overrated only because I started watching these, in these, uh, foreign films about 15 years ago, or 20, man, man, 15, 20 years ago, when my buddy turned me on to Cinema Paradiso, which I think is my top film, one of my top films of all time. Um, and so I used to not care about the foreign films, but then I started getting into it, and I find Minari just to be um, just a, a very average one of the, of the list. The yeah. And the so point. Pat, of course, told me this whole involved, which we won't do here. He gave me all these uh, analogies about life and what the planting of the, the plants were. And, and, and I'm saying, I said, yeah, but when you're sitting there with, with a popcorn in your hand, you know, and I feel like, um, like well, well, you know what? While we got you talking about movies, what'd you think of the movie, The Father? I, I was blown away. It was really difficult to watch. You know, I'm, my parents, God, thank God, they're both still alive, you know, and like, it's like the biggest, you know, it's terrifying to think of, you know, like, but watching Anthony Hopkins, it's really just an incredible movie. I was like, it was, like I said, tough to watch, but really, really worth it. It was really incredible. Well, for me, for me, normally I bash movies like this because it's one of those movies where if you're casually paying attention, it's, I think it's a movie I've seen in a movie theater. Because if you're reaching over, grabbing your newspaper, grabbing your coffee or drink, it, 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 you realize at one point that it's kind of his point of view and he's got dementia. But another reason why um, I, I I didn't like it has nothing to do with movie making. I'm at the age now where a lot of my friend, uh, parents and friends' parents either are going through dementia. Yeah. It's, I'll, this is a movie I'll never watch twice. Never. Um, but he, he, he plays it so powerful. Um, you know, again... He's older. You feel so bad for him. Like, yeah, you do. It, it, especially you, the you, ending. It, 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 it has a very powerful ending. Um, yeah. uh, when he's hugging the nurse there at the end, he goes, oh, my yeah. God, that's been, that's been a whole... Uh, anyway, for me, it was a, a very powerful movie, but just a movie, you know, I, I don't know. It's like it's like some of those Holocaust movies. You can watch it once, and then it's like, oh, God, I can't I can't watch it again. But then you, it'll come on when it's on, like, Channel 9. I'll end up watching it. Um, although it's, it's not going to be like, you know, uh, Shawshank Redemption or Hoosiers. Which I, I would love to know the percentage of people when they put Hoosiers on actually does change the channel. I see Gene Hackman. Like, to me, if I owned a bad little network on television, I'd be like, you know what, listen, the ratings are down. We're just going to put Gene Hackman movies on for the next four months, get our ratings back up. Because yeah. he's one. Do you agree with there's actors that as soon as you see him on screen, you freeze and you watch like at least two scenes he's one of them for me um yeah but uh carrie mulligan now um uh 
I love Carrie Mulligan. Number one, I think she's smoking hot. Uh, but that has nothing to do with acting. I thought that movie, like, you were watching it not knowing. I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. And the way they tied it up at the end, and I don't want to give away because people, I thought it was really good. And um, so I, I, you know, I'm hoping well, she wins. What about the beginning, Jimmy? Remember when she first comes to? Right. Like, she, I had no idea what that movie was about yeah, at all. Yeah, me neither. I went, in, I went in cold, which is the best way to watch a movie. Sometimes someone will go, did you see? I'm like, no, nope, I got it. I'm going to watch it tonight. Shut up. And then you watch it as yourself. Sometimes you get burned by that, though, because yeah. especially I should talk to guys like you who explain to me, no, the sun rising means that the world is changing. And I'm like, no, it's not. It just was showing that. It was morning. What are you talking about? But yeah. um but so she was like, what, what are you doing? Remember that? Like, I was like watching this. Go, oh, shit. What is this movie? And I was like, oh, I see what this movie is going to be about. So excellent. I think she's going to win Oscar. And I hope she does. Well, here, here's a question uh, that you maybe, maybe you're not qualified for this, but maybe you are. Mm-hmm. You work in a production house. So you see you also see a lot of these movies as we're getting. I love I booked a couple of shows that his production house over the years was actually editing. And I'd be like. He goes, Jimmy, we're doing, we're editing your show. And I'm like, not the Jimmy Plumbo show. I'm talking about TV shows. And he's like, well, he, he, he didn't have creative say, but Pat was like, no, Jimmy, you made the scene. Like I knew early on, like I made the cut. I made the cut. And then I'd get a late night drunk message. Dude, you were really good in that movie. You were really good. Like Pat, I had like four lines. Calm down. I would never be drunk. What are you talking about? No, never. But let me ask you this. I think it's a huge thing with this year's Oscars and it's this whole, Nobody can go to the movies for all year. This is never, but yet they were available via streaming. So what are your thoughts on this in the theater, not in the theater, available, you know? Well, you know, the thing is, that's a good point. Like most of the time there are specific films every year. I'll identify the ones where I'm like, I definitely want to see this on the big screen. But then there are some because, you know, we have friends like you're in the guild. You get those screeners, which literally are like crack cocaine around my work. Literally, I mean, we've had people get into fucking fights. Like, wait a minute, listen to me. It would have been like, you have Minari? All right, do me a favor. Give me a trial of Chicago 7 tomorrow night. And like, right. so a lot which of the stuff, you, none of you are supposed to have because actors give them I away. Know, I never give away. It, you know, but, you know, as long as we don't copy them, you know, do anything stupid like that. But the reality is, I really thought it was going to be a weak year because, uh, right. Like we weren't allowed to go to the theater, but tell you the truth, I actually thought it was a really good year. But all but all award shows are very down. Now, yeah. is that because they just don't know the movies, or do you think that actually more eyeballs have seen these movies because they've been on Netflix and Amazon and stuff? Yeah, well, I think that's changing too. But uh, I also think a lot of people don't like the politicism of some of the award shows now. People kind of like well, speak that's, uh, uh, stuff I, like that, you know. I, uh, my buddy Chris here behind the glass is is one of those. He can't stand the whole political stuff. Um, I'm not yeah. going to get into politics on this show because um, no, of course not. But that some, some, it's, some, it's some there. Artists it's there. Use that as a platform, and people just <clears throat> like look. Just get dressed up. Let's have a little fun, right? And celebrate your. You movie. should celebrate the, the. It should be a yeah. celebration of Hollywood and movie making. I yeah. don't need to hear that you. That would be like me winning an Oscar. And talking about my slow pitch softball team. Can you imagine if I went and the Oscar goes to Jimmy Palumbo? I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. Um, listen, I was four for five on Wednesday night. Uh, and, and, you know, I did very well. Our pitcher pitched a gem. Also, thank you to the director and the rest of the cast. Good night, everybody. And people are like, Jimmy went political. He talked about softball on his show. But I do yeah. tend to talk about softball. So, all right, what is your, I'm going to ask you another tough one. What is your 
most unique pick, nomination, I'll say. What is your most unique nomination that you think that like really caused you to go like, huh, that's interesting? Well, what do you mean? Like what I think would win or... No, not would win. Just like the the nominated, who got nominated that you went like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Not that interesting, but I will say this. Paul Rossi, I don't know how to say his name. That Sound of Metal movie. Right. As soon as that guy pops up on the screen and he just starts talking in sign line, I just immediately, there was something about that guy. I was like, I really want to see this guy get a nomination. And he didn't get a lot of like critics nominations. He didn't get a SAG nom. But on Oscar, that's another one. I wake up at like five in the morning to see what the Oscar nominations uh, are. See, I'm such they, a freaking nerd. And uh, he, that guy see, it's got eight o'clock in the morning here. But yeah, so that, I, I didn't that know eight got, o'clock came around twice a day. So yeah. I'm not so when that guy got the nomination, I was really happy. And it reminded me, I was like, you know, all my friends that are actors, you know, that guy, I've, I've never seen that guy before. And here he is in his 50s, 60s, whatever, and he's getting freaking Oscar nominations. Right. So. Good for him. Really- like I said, I, I, um, some of the movies I didn't see them all. Uh, obviously, some yeah. of them were disappointing. Like uh, the, the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I, I'll tell you why I was disappointed in that. Um, she was a real person. Yeah. And I hate when you see a movie and you go, "Oh man, I can't wait to watch the History Channel version of that." Like it'll be better. Like yeah, I, you get caught between learning and uh, and performance. Um, cause I was that way, unfortunately with the movie Apollo 13, literally mm-hmm. like six months before I saw that two and a half hour documentary. And although I still love the movie with Tom Hanks, I was like, I literally wanted to raise my hand in the theater and go, guys, why did you do all this? The documentary covers it. Cause everybody's still alive. Now, Ma Rainey, everybody's dead. But in Apollo 13, everybody from the head of NASA to the, there was nobody not dead. And I'm thinking, you did the documentary, you nailed it. Yeah, why do you gotta? That'd be like doing a documentary on Castaway, and you, you for two and a half hours you talk to Tom Hanks' character, and then you do Castaway, and you're like, yeah, we learned this already on uh, you know Smithsonian Channel. Well, um, people like to see the drama relived. You know what I'm saying? So I, I guess so. For, but so for me, can, I bet there's more there to it than the movie. It's for me. That's just my opinion. And people um, like to see that. Fascinated to see this somebody that's real went through this right. shit. Right. And Tom Hanks could do it, you know. If and you know what's Hanks- funny? We, we, you, I went with Carrie. Um, no, uh, we we both went with Carrie Mulligan. But like, don't, don't you just think Frances McDormand is going to come out and score thirty five points and just run away with it? She, does anybody? She, I mean, she never. Just, she wins this stuff She's all the won time. Twice already. I know. Come on. Thirty one. How many times? And how many times she been nominated? She's been nominated probably like five or six. But right. I tell you, in Nomadland, when she was shitting in the bucket, yeah, I was I mean, just like, that, that alone. She's, she's winning. Win. I was like, she's going to win she's the Oscar. She's going to win for that. She's going to win for that. But I got to do a better job. I usually end up watching these. I'm one of those guys that some years I don't see any of them. And then then after the Oscars, after like pontificating and being pompous ass, I'll actually watch the movies and go, hey. Uh, then I'll be like my father. Hey, Jimmy. Like when Derek Jeter got his 2000th hit, okay? My father was like, hey, Jimmy, let me tell you something. That Jeter can hit. Like, really, Dad? <laughs> Five rings, 2,000 hits? All right. <laughs> my father would be, like, late to the dance with everything. Like, you know, if my father was around today, he'd be like, my son's doing this thing. You, you listen to it on your phone. It's a thing that's called a podcast. Yeah, yeah, nobody knows about it. I'm like, okay, Dad, nobody knows about it. That's how I feel. A podcast. And you should so, do more theater. <laughs> you, my, son's in, at, my father used to describe people. Uh, Jimmy, my son Jimmy, he's in the theater. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I haven't done a show since like, you know, 1990. 
All right. Well, Patty, I love you, brother. I appreciate the picks. This was fun. Um, nobody knows who you are. They will now. And the bottom line is, I, I, you know what? You're going to beat me. I, I'm going to lose it on best picture. Um, I hope I beat you, dude. No, I know. Now it's but like, you know what, though? You know what's sad, though? I'll tell you what. You get, should I get some odds? Like Maybe I should get two? Getting two? Four picks that are different. You got to give me get your favorite, obviously. So what? I got. I should be getting one, one and a half. My producer thinks it's me plus one and a half. You have to take the bet because I just said it. So that's yeah. it, plus one and a half. I'm writing it down on my sheet. Wait, what are we betting though? How much? We can't. We, listen, it's a podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can't. Bet. I will well. buy you and your wife dinner next time. <laughs> Uh, I come out there because you let me sleep on the couch anyway. I know. Uh, you remember that? Well, I slept. My flight got delayed, and it wasn't going to be to the morning, and Pat lives near the airport. I called him out like, Pat, I, I got my luggage. I got to sleep somewhere. So, like, they came in. They were Everybody was sleeping. It was so – I was so rude. And we ended up having a few drinks, but, like, my flight left in, like, three hours. So I'm like, Pat, I got to hit the alarm. I got to wake up and go. And I had some Uber guy come. It was, so it was ridiculous. But he put me up on his couch, which I appreciated. But – now that this, yeah, you, I know you actually have a spare bedroom now. Sometimes, so I have to take yeah. take advantage of a mattress. You're always welcome, Jim. I know, I'm one of, I'll be obnoxious a guy. I stay at Mark DeCarlo's, Pat Volkmer's. Yeah, we're um, always begging you to come out. I know, you know? I'm coming. I'm, as soon like, as uh, I actually want to bring my daughter out, she's never been to Los Angeles, and I may bring her out. Maybe we'll go for a week as soon as uh, as soon as the world gets back. But everybody, that's Pat Volkmer. Pat, I love you. Say Thank hello to you, the Jim. wife. And you better tell all your goofy friends to, especially like Todd and Dana, they have to well, listen to this. You episode. know what? I can plug my Instagram, which is Pat V at useless Facebook fucking Wait, posts. What is it? Like, what's your Instagram? No, I'm kidding. I was like my useless posts on Facebook about movies. No, he like, has. You should. Have, I mean, read Pat Volkmer's reviews on his Facebook. You're a Pat Volkmer on Facebook, right? What about are you on Instagram? <laughs> No, I'm not, I don't do that stuff. You should. You, I'm telling you, he gets. He'll give you a movie review that's like seventy pages long. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm like, like if he did a movie review on Hoosiers, you'd find out about like now a basketball was made with a certain kind of rubber. That yeah. like Pat, we talk about the guy missed a shot at the end. We, what are you talking about? It's just so awful. But he's great. Oh, I love him, awesome. Pat. I love you. I will see you soon. Take care, buddy. All right, love you. Thanks, Jim. Take you got care. It. We'll see you. Bye. You know, as I get older, I tend to appreciate different things. One thing I love now more than I ever have in the past is some unique furniture. Not just any furniture, unique custom furniture made by Battle Rattle Woodworks. He's specialing in charcuterie boards for all those parties you're about to host when this weather gets a little nicer. Even better, if you enter the code CHOP15 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. Massive savings on some unique American-made stuff. Help support your local veteran right now and visit him on social media at Battle Rattle Woodworks. All right, Pat Volkmer with his Oscar picks against me with my Oscar picks. And, of course, next week we'll see who the winner is. And uh, we have four different picks, so he'll probably he'll probably get them four right and I'll lose. But uh, it was fun to do that. Again, he's, he's a guy who just um, knows his movies and he has the uncanny ability to pick the Oscar winners. Uh, including all categories. So that's it. It was a good show to do here. Of course, I failed to mention a uh, a very important thing. The New York Knickerbockers are playing inspired basketball. Now, the Knicks haven't been good in about 70 years. And um, to my, like Patrick Ewing, to me, looks like he's 85. But the Knicks and Randall, and I, listen, the Knicks stink, but they don't stink. 
And if you, the team they play in the playoffs, how aggravated is the coach of the other team? Like, oh, we got the Knicks? You want nothing to do with that. Defense the whole game, even in blowouts, the Knicks play defense to the buzzer. That that annoys you. And uh, Coach Tibbs, man, he is a he's a badass. Knicks, go, watch the Knicks. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. They're about four games over 500, so that's it. And next week we have a very special guest. And you guys know I always end it with very special guest. Um, this one, if if it all works out, this one will be the most unique guest because it because um, it has to do with like social media and stuff, and he knows things about that. But he's uh, he's someone you guys will all know. But um, and that's it. We got some good guests lined up in the next three or four weeks. So that should be fun. Where have uh, that's you come it. From? Thank you, Chop Sports, and uh, that is the wrap up. Where have you gone? Show.